Hey, Sarasota, it's Bob. So it's been a wonderful grind over the past 18 months. We've had some fabulous guests. We've produced over 150 episodes. and We've had over 10,000 listens from you wonderful folks in the greater Sarasota area. It's been a lot of fun, but also it's been a lot of work. And so we've decided to take a little bit of a break until this fall. When you check out other podcasts, you're going to see that most put out a new episode only once a week. We put out two, so of course that means there's twice the work. A lot of show notes, scheduling, guests, editing, etc., etc., etc. So we've decided to take a little break for the rest of the summer and we will resume this fall. And we'll let you know. But before I sign off, can you do me a little favor? Reach out to us via Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Drop us a little note. I'd like to know more about what you want to hear when we resume in the next couple of weeks. That'd be a big help because without you, dear listener, we would not exist. As always, thank you for tuning in. Have a wonderful summer, and we'll be back soon where you can listen, learn, and connect. Good morning, Sarasota. This is the Sarasota Stories Podcast, Episode 30. Sunshine and beaches. That's what we tell all our friends up north. Of course, this is a beautiful place to live. That's why we moved here. But there is, unfortunately, a soft underbelly we don't often see. Those who are most vulnerable and susceptible to attacks from domestic abuse. Hi, I'm Bob Williams, and I believe to better know the town you live in, it is a must to hear what our neighbors are saying, to hear their stories. In fact, that's why I created the Sarasota Stories podcast. I started it so that you, dear listener, could get connected just a little deeper in this wonderful community we call home. In each episode, I interview local leaders who are doing great work and impacting our town in a positive way. So you'll hear from authors, artists, entrepreneurs, civic leaders, and others share how they chose their profession, what they're working on now, and what their plans are for the future. In today's episode, you'll hear from one caring woman who leads an amazing organization whose mission is to stop domestic and sexual violence in our communities. Her name is Jessica Hayes, CEO and President of the Safe Place and Rape Crisis Center, or SPARC as it is more commonly known. For the past 15 years, Jessica has worked tirelessly at SPARC, and today you'll hear her share the crucial services SPARC provides to the most vulnerable in our community, why Jessica chose to serve at Spark for so many years, misconceptions that people may have about domestic abuse, how the recent pandemic has impacted the services they provide, locations where women can get help, success stories that will warm your heart, upcoming events and the best ways to volunteer, and much, much more. I'm so glad you stopped by today, and it is my hope that you will listen, learn, and connect. Jessica Hayes, CEO and President of the Safe Place and Crisis Center, better known as Spark here locally. Welcome to the Sarasota Stories podcast. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Well, it is a pleasure to have you on because as we were talking uh, right before we clicked record, uh, I have several friends that are involved with Spark, and they've told me a lot of wonderful things about what you guys do, and you've been around since the late 70s. And we're going to get into a little bit about what Spark is and what it does and its mission, all that sort of jazz. But tell us a little bit about yourself. You're the CEO and your presence for and president for Spark. 
you're a talented person. You could have done a whole lot of different things in your life. Why did you choose to become CEO and president? Well, you know, sometimes uh, fate just takes you where you're supposed to be, where you're meant to be in life. Um, I wouldn't have said this was going to be my trajectory, but it's an honor and really a blessing in my life to to be able to serve our community this way. Um, I started at Spark. This is 15 years. This is my 15 year anniversary. Oh my. Um, in a different role, I started as the director of community awareness and spent about seven years doing um, communications and development and volunteer coordination. The thing about a nonprofit is the job is never what it's never just what you read in the job description. <laughs> I learned sure. quickly that there's a whole lot more to it. Um, and then in 2015, I. I was um, selected to become the president and CEO, and it's just been an adventure and um, an honor to serve in that role now for the past seven years or so. Oh, my. Wow. So you you have been involved for quite a long time and know all parts of the organization. Well, Well, tell our listeners, particularly if we have somebody out there who's struggling right now, maybe somebody who is going through a crisis in their life, uh, a woman out there and whatnot, Talk about what Spark does and how they do it. Sure. So our mission at Spark is to stop domestic and sexual violence. And it sounds like a lofty mission, but, you know, aim high and try to change the world is is what we're trying to do here. Um, But we provide free and confidential services to victims of domestic violence and sexual assault throughout Sarasota and DeSoto counties. So a vast array of services. All of them are free. Um, and then we also have a, a big piece of our work that's dedicated to prevention, because not only do we want to, to be there for the people that are in crisis right now, but we do, to achieve our mission, we need to work towards prevention and preventing someone from ever becoming a first-time victim or perpetrator, which is, again, a big task. But um, we have an incredible team of people working towards that mission. So, so give me a scenario of a phone call you might get or somebody you might serve. It, and I call typical and I, I, it almost sounds pedestrian to say typical, but because everybody's unique and, 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 and worthy of having being serviced and whatnot. But what's a, what's a typical scenario that you would run into? You know, it's, it sounds like I'm being difficult, but there is no day, no two days alike at Spark. Every, you know, every time we think we've seen it all, something new happens, but I would say, you know, um, it's heavy stuff. We've got someone that might be calling or walking in the door, um, absolutely in crisis with physical injuries, um, or someone who comes in confused and says, you know, I'm, I don't have access to my finances. I didn't even know how I was going to get here today, but this is what I'm going through. And is this normal? Um, we might have a mother call and say, you know, they they have a child that's out of state that they're trying to support because we, we support the, the victim, but the victim isn't always the primary victim. Sometimes it's a secondary victim, which means that's a friend or a family member who's mm. looking for resources and doesn't know where to turn or what to do to, to do the right thing. So, um, a huge variety of, of different kinds of cases ranging again from that really extreme crisis where someone's literally running and hiding from someone to, um, something that, you know, sometimes with sexual assault, it's someone who experienced an incident years ago and is having traumatic, 
um, dreams or, you know, feelings coming right. back from that and needs to receive some therapy or counseling services related to that. So again, a wide variety, but we just try to be here um, in whatever way is empowering to that person in the moment that they need us. So, so you get a phone call, somebody's in crisis, a series of things happens at that point. What does that look like? Sure. So um, sometimes we get a phone call from someone who just wants information. They don't even want to give us their name. They just want to know, is what I'm experiencing normal? Is this okay? Is, um, you know, do I sound crazy? You know, sometimes people who've been abused, um, their self-esteem has been deteriorated over a right. long period Rock of bottom. time. Oh and, my. Yep. And yeah, and they don't even, what might sound horrific to us, they don't even realize that that's, um, out of the ordinary. So, you know, normalizing, providing support. Um, we might get a call that has law enforcement. They might be at a, at a scene and they're asking for us to get on the phone with the victim and provide some, some resources. So that can look like a lot of different things, but I would say, our initial goal is to provide safety planning to make sure whoever's calling is safe in that moment. And if not, what strategies and tools can we give them to help them be safe in that moment? Um, and then talking about, again, everything's empowerment based. So that's our whole philosophy. So we want to return power to the person we're serving, meaning um, giving them that control over what's next, yep. what decision feels safest for them, because people are experts in their own lives. And when you're dealing with, particularly with domestic violence, leaving is the most lethal time for someone who's in um, a domestic violence relationship. So we want to make sure that um, what what that survivor is doing is is directed by that person and is what feels safe to them in that moment. So you know, that could be coming in and seeing an advocate face-to-face. That could be, again, just providing phone resources until they're able to or feel like that's the next step. Um, it's, a, it's a variety of different scenarios. I, I You know, that, that loss of control and getting control back really resonated with me. I, I recently heard a, um, a talk by Jordan Peterson who said one of the root causes of depression is where people really feel out of control that they don't feel like they have options and whatnot and so I recently went through a, a health scenario and the first thing I asked my doctor I said okay what can I control mm -hmm. and so I can only imagine that's amped up many many times when someone who's been abused and is threatened and has has really you know been a victim of violence and whatnot do you so when someone comes to you do you do you provide housing? Do you provide therapy? Do you talk a little bit more about some of those services? Yeah, all of the above. <laughs> um, okay. Everything from hotline services that are available 24 hours a day. We have support groups. Um, we do what we call advocacy and accompaniment. So we go with someone. Um, if they have a hearing at court, we can oh, wow. provide an advocate that would accompany them yep. to that to provide support. That could be very Today, scary for somebody who's never been there. Oh, my. Absolutely. I mean, as, as we speak this morning, we have um, two officers from law enforcement in the conference room speaking with a survivor and we're just, we're just being there for her emotionally because she's very distraught. And she asked if, if they could interview her here and law enforcement was, you know, their approach was very trauma informed. They said, absolutely. Whatever makes you feel safe and comfortable. Um, so providing that, um, we have attorneys on staff that surprises mm. people. Sometimes we've got two attorneys that provide free legal services for people that are seeking an injunction for protection, more commonly known sometimes as a restraining order. Um, 
therapy. We have licensed therapists we contract with. And again, it's, it surprises people that all of these services are free. So um, regardless of someone's ability to pay, that's not a consideration here. It's free. It's confidential. Um, we don't, they don't have to be working with law enforcement. That sometimes disturbs people. They're like, what do you mean? You don't require them to report. But again, it's all, it's all guided by the person we're serving. And if they want to work with the police or sheriff's office, then we're going to be there for them every step of the way. And if that's not um, feeling safe at that time, then supporting them in that process. Otherwise, I, I want to talk about funding here in a little bit, but you, you also touch upon the fact that you provide legal help and whatnot. Does that lead into any, and also you guys have been in the neighborhood uh, for quite some time since 79, I think it is. So are there some misconceptions that people still may have about spark that you've run into? You know, the misconception in general is about domestic violence and sexual assault is that it happens to other people in other neighborhoods. And Sarasota is so beautiful. You know, this, I realize my interview here is a little bit of a downer. Right, right. Um, We live in an incredible community that's not only beautiful surroundings, but um, philanthropic. We're surrounded by just so many wonderful things that I think you highlight here on your your show. Um, And people don't, think that this is happening and and it's not just happening but it's happening in our friend groups it's sure. happening to our our friends children um you know one in four women are victim of domestic violence and it happens to men as well um yeah. so whether we know it or acknowledge it it's there and i think just knowing about it um knowing where e- resources are available being aware um is really important so that you can direct people to to help. So I would say that's the misconception is that, you know, there's that sometimes there's a stigma or people come in and feel, they say, sure. oh, I feel so embarrassed or ashamed. Sure. And our, our big message there is you have nothing to be embarrassed about. You have nothing to be ashamed of. This is not something you are doing. This is something the other person is, is perpetrating. I've, I've often thought, and I don't know if this is in Western culture where the, the so-called rugged individualist or the individualistic society that we have here, where there's so many areas of our lives, whether it's financial or psychological or relational, where people are afraid to, uh, to reach out. I mean, there are certainly societies around the world where you have you know, closer knit groups where maybe that that's not an issue but um, sure, I mean, you know, I'm now in my sixth decade, so I've run into enough scenarios where I know that, you know, really the strong person is the one who reaches out. I I, I really believe that it's it, the person who holds it in and tries to deal with it themselves. I mean, they're deluding themselves. They can handle certain problems. And you, and I, you do have to reach out. And as a father of three daughters, when I hear a topic like this, I mean, it really strikes home to me. So if there's anyone listening out there who is going through a rough time, please reach out to Spark and get some help because that you're strong when you do that. And everybody, everybody needs uh, a hand up and, a, and someone to support them when they're going through difficult times. So I'm, I'm glad you really touched upon that. Yeah. Yeah. We always say you're not alone. You don't need to go through this alone and it's not your fault. Those are yep. really important things to just keep saying. And I would say, if you know someone that's going through it and say, Oh, well, I don't know how to help them or they won't do what I'm telling them they should do. You know, just repeating, I'm here for you. You're not alone. This right. is not your fault. Um, right. And I'm going to, and I'm going to be here for you. Has, has the, um, has the last couple of years been even more difficult? Uh, our economy got a, a massive shock 
with this uh, this cursed pandemic, that puts stress on everybody. And if you're kind of on the edge as a family or in your relationship, I'm sure that that can really push people over. You know, this has been a strange couple of years in every way possible. And I would say um, initially we saw an uptick in our hotline calls. That's been a that's been an increase that's that stayed for the last couple of years. We had a decrease in people coming into our shelter. Um, I don't think I even mentioned emergency shelter. That's the thing people I think often think of first when they think of, hmm. of our center. Um, but we had a lower number of people coming into shelter. And I think that was because they were having trouble accessing our services in the first place. And then there were a lot of concerns with communal living. You know, when you feel like there's danger outside your door, you're not sure. Say, oh, let me go in and live with, uh, 25 other people yep. that I don't know. Um, and now, now we've, we're seeing, uh, the biggest thing we're seeing is, is issues with rent. You know, inflation has really kicked in, particularly with the Tampa Bay region and Sarasota rent is sky high. So people that are relocating, um, you know, single mothers, single singles in general, rent is it's just crazy. It's absolutely unattainable. crazy. Yeah. So we're doing everything we can to provide, resources to find uh, rapid rehousing dollars and just really trying to figure out how we can support people that need that because you know it's one thing for that initial safety but we need to help them prop them up and find that financial stability so that they can maintain safety right talk about some of the physical locations because you guys are in arcadia as well and you're in sarasota and so some of the other locations yeah so we are sarasota is a huge county so we serve um we're we have a large office in downtown Sarasota, so that's our, our we call it our Main Street Outreach Center, um, and that's where a large hub of activities take place. But we also have an outreach office in Venice. We have an office in Northport, and that's by appointment only. Um, and then we have staff in Arcadia. So yeah, we've got um, a really cool office in the historic train station in Arcadia. And if you haven't made a trek out there, it's worth it for the antiques. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we we do really important work across the two county area. Um, and then we have what we call mobile, you know, our attorney that serves South County in Arcadia. He's kind of our mobile attorney. We've got staff that are co-located. Um, in the Department of Children and Families offices. So we really try to break down barriers and make our services as accessible as possible. Well, this is a tough topic. Uh, obviously, most of the guests that I've had on the show, uh, you know, we talk about they're building their business and where they want to take it and, and you know, all those positive things that are happening or someone's launching a new business. But this is a tough topic. It is a it's a very necessary topic uh, because it's part of what is hidden in our uh, local community here. And so I just, you know, I really think the most uh, of you, Jessica, and the rest of your your gang there that's doing great work at Spark. But let's talk about, you know, what are some real success stories that you guys have seen? You know, it's so inspiring. We just heard um, just a story that really filled my cup. <laughs> it was a woman who came to Spark, um, she shared that she came to Sarasota in 2007. Sarasota was home for her. Um, she had been, she had moved away and gotten married and found herself in a very, very bad relationship in rural Mississippi, I believe it was, pregnant and had a three-year-old. So she left, came here, came home on a bus. Um, her parents had said, you know, we don't feel like it's safe for you to to come home to our home. So she didn't have anywhere to go. 
and said she made a last ditch phone call and called Spark and got into the shelter. And she just wrote us a letter that she, 14, 15 years later, is um, employed at Ringling College. She, her 14 year old daughter was just involved in our fashion show fundraiser, has a 4.0 GPA, has high, that, that little girl that she was pregnant with when she came to Spark and was oh in our shelter was just um, participating in, in our fashion show fundraiser. So that was like a really cool for, full you're circle gonna make me moment. cry. <laughs> yeah. It, it, I, I cried trying to read through the I'm story. I'm a crier. <laughs> it was really amazing because I, I thought, gosh, that, Sometimes we don't hear what no, the end of the story, you know, sure, we're here for that crisis sure. moment and the worst, what's sometimes the worst moment in someone's life. And so to hear a story like that and to see like they've broken the cycle and those kids are thriving and doing really well and mom is doing well and is happily remarried. It was really gave me the chills. I thought, you know, and I always tell people if we can save one life, all of this would be worth it. But, but we're, it's every that's that story replays here every week and while it could yep. break your heart when you think of that side of it i try to think of the side of gosh how many people have been impacted over the 40 some years that this organization has been in this community and organizations like ours across the country um it's all so worth it because um, this is an incredibly, incredibly generous and supportive community that makes it possible for us to to really save lives. How how do you because you, you and the folks at Spark deal with so many terrible situations? How do you offload this? I mean, anybody who's in like a care industry, whether you're a doctor or, or a therapist or whatnot, you just you see case after case after case, kind of the the lower ebb of humanity. And I, 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 I just, I commend you guys for being able to do it. But at some point, you have to recharge your own batteries. And so how do you all do that at Spark? Oh, it's, it's, it's interesting. You know, we do, we place a lot of emphasis on that word self-care with our staff and yes. wellness. And it's, it certainly can't just be a training point. It has to be something that people live out. So, you know, we try to provide opportunities for staff to, to debrief and, you know, we have good benefits and really trying to provide that time off to recharge. And then every person, you know, really encouraging them to find what is that, that really, helps keep them grounded and, and it recharges them. And it's different for everyone, but, um, you know, I personally spend a lot of time, I, I'm real careful to try to keep it in a box. And sometimes that box opens up and sure, <laughs> it's, sure. it's hard not to, but, hard but you know, spending time, your life, it really is. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But, um, spending time, I have two young daughters, so, you know, they, they inspire me and I really enjoy soccer on the weekends, watching my, my daughter play and all that good stuff. So yeah, everybody, we, we talk about it a lot around here though. Lots of self-care talk and training and, and debriefing because yes, it is heavy, heavy stuff, but, and then sharing those successes so that we continue to find the meaning and the rewards is really yeah. important. Yeah. Well, that's very valuable. I, I think we all need to debrief ourselves at times and say, you know, what's the real perspective on this? So that mm -hmm. that's wonderful. Well, you all have events throughout the year that people can attend. And this is kind of a part, part of the support umbrella uh, for Spark. Talk about the events and then we're going to kind of round it up by how people can reach out to you and get involved. What are some of you have an event coming up here later in April? I think it is. Yeah. 
We do. We have a golf tournament. We have events all over the county. So yep. our uh, golf tournament in Venice is coming up at the end of this month. Um, so we've got we've got two golf tournaments a year. For we have a lot of golfers here in and Sarasota. that's at Plantation <laughs> Golf and Country Club. Yes, on April twenty first. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. And then we have um, an annual gala that is an incredibly wonderful event for Spark. Um, that is going to be taking place at the Westin in the fall. That's in November eighteenth. I'm on your website. I'm reading. You it for are you. good. <laughs> Six um, p.m. <laughs> yes, and we have a really fun event. We have an annual fashion show that we just we just had about three weeks ago. And it's not your typical fashion show because one of the things that Spark does in our community is we have a thrift store on Fruitville Road, downtown Sarasota. Oh, uh huh. And all of the items in our thrift store are donated by the community and. The sale of those items benefits our programs and services, and then our clients can shop there at no charge. And all of the fashions in the fashion show are from the thrift store. So uh. you're not coming to your run-of-the-mill fashion show with the department store goodies. You're coming with really unique stuff that might have come from your neighbor's closet. <laughs> so um, it's a lot of fun. It's a, it's a great day of support for Spark. Is this mainly women? You know, it traditionally has been, but it's changing. We had, I want to say... Probably three or four male models this year, and we had um, a, a small percentage of brave. I'm not going to volunteer men. for that. <laughs> well, you know, I might volunteer in other ways, but there you go, there you go. No yeah, bathing, so no got... bathing suits. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, so it's a lot of fun, and we do we try to involve you know because yes, we, while we talk about domestic violence and sexual assault being yeah. primarily issues that women experience. Absolutely. Men and children, you know, are a big part of, of our service reach. So we want to make sure that everybody feels included in this mission because it really is everyone's job to be a part of the solution. Yeah. How are you guys funded? Is this funded by tax dollars privately? Talk about that for a little bit. We are funded about half through state and federal grant dollars. <clears throat> so we have about half of our funding is through um Victims of Crime Act funding that comes down federally through our state. Uh, we receive funding from the Department of Children and Families. Um, I could give you a lot of acronyms, but about half right. is state and fed right. federal dollars. And the other half is raised in our community or through private donors or family foundations. So um, it's really incredible to see the generosity and philanthropy sure that, that makes all of this possible. Sure it is. Well, if people want to find out more, what's the best way to really know about Spark? I would start online at our website, which is sparcc.net, spark.net, or you could search Safe Place and Rape Crisis Center and will pop up. Um, yep. We're very active on social media. Um, they can walk into the treasure chest on Fruitville. We that that store is staffed by volunteers. Uh, we only have a few, a couple of paid staff there, so it's a great way to get involved if you're looking for something interesting and fun to do. Um, there's, you know, we we need volunteers in a lot of different capacities, but I would say starting on the web and seeing what we're all about, and there's a place to contact us there. If someone volunteers, what does that look like? Uh few different ways to volunteer. We have fundraising volunteers and we have direct service volunteers. Our direct service volunteers um, serve on a crisis response team. So mm. they actually respond to calls from the hospital, usually in the middle of the night. So those volunteers go through some rigorous training because we really mm. want them to be as well equipped as our staff are. Um, 
what's your, what's your the, great what's your greatest need right now as far as volunteers staffing? You know, I would Are say you, on call, but also yeah. the treasure chest. We're yeah. getting ready to come up on summer, so a lot of people mm. go go north for the summer, yep. and we have a very big need for for um, volunteers at the treasure chest. So come in, and we'll find a way. <laughs> we'll find a way to. I'm sure. To yes, match indeed. your skills and your passion with what we need here in the community. Indeed, indeed. Well, Jessica Hayes, I really appreciate you being on the show. This is a, a wonderful and noble service that you all do. And I know it's greatly needed. And again, as a father of three daughters, it really strikes home to me as to, you know, why a woman could ever be put in that situation. And, um, I just appreciate what you all do. And I will certainly have all the backlinks in the show notes and we will promote you best we can. And, uh, because we think very, very highly of the service you all provide. Thank you. It's been, it's a pleasure to be on here and we appreciate the opportunity to help spread awareness. You bet. Let's do it again. Thank you so much for stopping by. I sure hope you enjoy listening to our interviews as much as we do providing them. If so, would you do me a little favor? Go to sarasotastories.co and enter in your email. That way you'll get notifications of all upcoming episodes. Also, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And remember, no matter where you go, to listen, learn, and connect. Connect.